0: Chelsea. Thank you. We had a really fun blooper about, uh, (laughs) what, five minutes ago? Yeah. We were looking for our songs for you guys. (laughs) My my
1: Pandora was on lifting (laughs) mode
0: and it wasn't very nice. It was not very nice. It was was a walk (laughs) <laughs> man there was profanity it I was wish, hilarious I wish we could have and recorded. i wish i was recording because that would have been just yeah. the tits i just gonna say it the it would tits. have been it it would have been it i'm changing my song so i'm looking on my phone real quick okay nala's very distraught there are birds outside we are mobile today recording yeah. in my kitchen again mm-hmm. i have ruby today so we're staying close by to her mm-hmm and she's not crying. I just thought she was. But we're good. Most mm-hmm. well, not We are good. Anyway, so what is your song for the week? Mm. Waka Flocka? Waka
1: It's definitely not that one. <laughs>
0: um,
1: I don't know. I think kind of... So anyone that knows me knows that I'm like a huge mm-hmm. Dave Matthews lover. Um, yes. He's kind of one of my hall passes. I uh, love him so much. <laughs> um, so I've been going back to like... Um, crush, um, eight days, a little bit of some dreaming tree days. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, yeah, kind of my origins of, of Dave Matthews. So, I definitely think I would go with, uh, I think I'm gonna go with sister. That's a good one, yeah. It's it a is, good one, it is a good
0: one, yeah. Dang, <coughs> we still want to change one again. <laughs> Well, my song of the week is actually, it's on a new playlist I found mm-hmm. on Spotify, mm-hmm. and it's The Less I Know the Better by Tame Impala. Mm-hmm. It just has a really good bass line at the beginning. It just mm-hmm. makes you want to dance, and I'm just, I'm in a dancing mood because, you know, serotonin, all these workouts with the endorphins, mm-hmm. we're just, we're doing well. You're killing it lately. Hey, well, thank you. I'm trying. <laughs> but yeah, I've been really uh a dancing mood lately, so... Enjoying it, love that. Me too. You have a good Mother's Day. I did actually. This really cool person <laughs> dropped this flower bouquet off. That's right in front of me on my doorstep. Mm. They left me a card that called me a milf. I was like, oh my gosh, accurate scandal. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert for all you guys it was Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> I had to love on you. Yeah. It was great. Just having a friend that sees the single mother thing and. Knows the appreciation isn't always there. It was really cool. Mm. I'm glad you liked them. They're beautiful. How could I not? Yeah, they are blooming
1: really nicely.
0: I will tell you, I think it's my first rose bouquet I've ever gotten. Really? 100%. Wow, that's, yeah, that is. Of course, it's from the, the best man of my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the true love of your life. <laughs> my true love. Yeah, well, that is just not going to do, right? This will have to be
0: the first of, first of many. Yeah.
1: Everyone deserves
0: a rose, okay? Well, you know what? Now I feel like I'm part of the Cool Kids Club.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're very pretty. I didn't realize they were white on the inside either. Yeah. I I thought they were all pink, but they're really
0: pretty. Yeah, they're beautiful. They match my yellowy theme. Mm Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Should we dive into it? I think we should. All right. Guys, we're coming at you with our hot wisdom today. We're coming... So I had this random message, and I snapped her about it, like, I guess it was last week. Uh And I was like, what should we talk about on the podcast? And I was thinking, sayings or things that you've learned either in life or somebody told you and you realized how true they are. Mm -hmm. And so we were going to do top five, but then my brain just ejected two of them, so we're going to do top three. Well, we both have, so if
1: people don't know, we both have ADHD. I
0: have have ADD for sure. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And so uh, I can't multi-step things no
0: are hard for me yeah so is a good number for
1: me yeah three's yeah. a great number yeah
0: and i feel like five they were in my head and i was like i'll never forget these because they're so wise and it's yeah. like <laughs> jokes yeah you'll forget everything mm-hmm. but yeah do you want to do yours first or you we do my first you do yours first all right so my first one is some people know my journey with uh how I became a chiropractor and everything, but my first saying, and then I'll explain it, is just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to do it for the rest of your life. So I started my life as a musician. I didn't really have a choice, but I loved it anyway, so it didn't matter. It wasn't really forced on me, but I played every instrument I could get my hands on from the time I was able to hold an instrument pretty much (laughs) and... So by the time I got to high school, I was just the music kid. Everyone knew me as being in what we called the D-Wing, where all the music was, the band, the choir, the orchestra, the recording arts, everything was back there. And so I pretty much had an idea from the time I was a kid that I had to be a musician. That's just It was in my cards. That's what was going to happen. So I planned my life around that. I knew I didn't want to be a music teacher because I saw... One, my mom's struggle as a teacher, and two, my choir director's struggle as a music teacher in particular, and just all the back and forth with the politics of being a teacher was not something I was interested in, so I chose being a recording artist, which is more of the producing side of it, not like I wanted to be famous, because I like sweatpants too much, Mm -hmm. but... I wanted to be a producer, and that's why I know enough about this stuff for us to do the recording, thankfully, mm-hmm. but I went to college and started my music major pathway, and that's when everything fell apart, so I was sitting in a music lesson, singing, and then all of a sudden, just mental breakdown, good old men TB, as they call them these days, just started crying while singing German. My German voice instructors yelling at me about pronunciation, and that note wasn't staccato enough. You need to put more of an accent on that piece, and don't give them the entire high note at first. Kind of build it up. And I was sitting there thinking, why does it matter? (laughs) I'm trying to make something sound better for somebody else when the way I want to sing it doesn't matter. And... To me, it was more important that I enjoyed what I was doing than that everyone else enjoyed what I was doing. And I realized that I hated what I was doing. I loved singing. I loved music. But I hated having it as my career. And so to everyone's shock from my hometown, I mean, like, literally everyone that I told that I was no longer a voice major, I i changed my major from voice to exercise science which I was never the sporty kid in high school. I always was active, but I wasn't the jock. I didn't play the sports. I didn't do the lifting like I do now, but I just, I always loved it, and I always loved the idea of human performance, and so I was like, you know what? What a better time than now, mm-hmm. and I did it, and I loved it. I had to work hard because I didn't understand any of it yet because I had no experience in it, but mm-hmm. it was the best work I would ever done. And that was the point when I realized just because you have a talent you're born with or you have a talent you've worked on and grown your entire life doesn't mean you have to stick with it if you don't love it anymore. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it for other people, then what's the point? Because it's your life, not theirs. Right. Yeah. So that was my first little blip of wisdom. I like that. Do you want to do like one, one, two,
1: two? Let's do that. Okay. Yeah. I think that is a really good piece of advice. I like that one a lot. I've always loved when you tell that story.
0: (laughs) A lot of people don't realize it because they are like, you're made to be a chiropractor. I agree wholeheartedly. I am made to be a chiropractor. But they didn't realize how much I had to change to become that chiropractor. Yeah, Yeah. get that.
1: Okay. Um, My first one was about kind of incorporating boundaries in like more of a fun punny way but it's you can't make everyone happy you're not waffle fries (laughs) um i spent a good amount of my life um trying to be the mediator for everyone's happiness um, trying to make sure that everyone was taken care of, trying to make sure that everyone's cup was filled to the very tip top, um, and ignoring the tiny pinholes—excuse <coughs> me—that were in mine until it completely dried up, and realizing that um, I, I learned it a lot when I got into business for myself that you can bend over backwards until you break in two. And people will love you as long as you have something to offer them.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And the minute that you have to put yourself first, um, there are going to be people that aren't going to be happy with you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so it's interesting to me, a lot of times, or I tell people a lot, is like, most of the time people won't remember all the extra things that you did. They're only going to remember the one time that you weren't able to fulfill whatever they wanted (laughs) <laughs> not going to remember the other things. So reminding myself and trying to remind the people I care about that making everyone around you happy can't be the ultimate goal for you because you'll never fulfill it. You're not waffle fries. <laughs> you can't make everyone in- instantly happy. It's just not going to work that way. Um, and so I think that's really important. I think making sure that you're solid is not a selfish act. It's actually a very loving act to yourself, and to the people that you care about. Because when you're drained, you're not good for them. And um, it's just you're not going to be able to make every single person around you happy. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. And still we go out, we give it our best effort to make everyone happy, and then we realize that we are miserable. Yeah. Because we've spent our entire (laughs) time trying to make everyone around us happy. So I hung up that job. A few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely lost a few people, for sure. Um, Good riddance. (laughs) Definitely lost a few people. (laughs) Um, And so I think it's important to always remember that, that it's not your job
0: to make everyone around
1: you happy. Um, But it's really, really hard for people who are natural givers and natural... (laughs) helpers and fixers and things like that because it's our it's our default it's what we are really and truly part of our calling is to help people Mm -hmm. but not help your people past the point that you break yourself and they see that and they take from you Mm -hmm. um and so yeah can't make everyone happy you're not waffle fries nope
0: (laughs) i love that one yeah hmm people anyway my next one is we were just talking about this actually yeah Um, i was going to my therapy with chelsea session (laughs) right before we started recording and we both said if they wanted to they would Mm -hmm. now i know a lot of you guys have heard that saying before but it just it hits so hard because like she said about the giver yeah thing Being a giver, usually you see the potential in people. Mm -hmm. You see what they could be if they applied themselves or what they could be Mm -hmm. if you could only help them with X, Y, and Z. And the problem with that is that's not what they are at the moment. You have this fantasy of what they could be Mm -hmm. based on their personality traits. You make inferences and form this person, put them on a pedestal, Mm -hmm. And expect that behavior from them. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, Mm -hmm. that person you're looking at is not the reality. It's like the Wizard of Oz. You pull the curtain back, and there they are with all the bells and whistles trying to make things work. Mm -hmm. But the funny thing is, that curtain was clear the whole time, and they showed you that. Yep. But yet you saw the person on the pedestal. Mm -hmm. And so the if-they-wanted-to-they-would situation comes in with anyone you meet. Friends relationship parents mentors where you see you love them so much you care about them so much that you want to you expect certain things from them because you expect what you need in a relationship out of them when they've shown multiple times that they aren't able to give what you want out of a relationship. So you expect communication, they don't give it to you. You expect intention and wanting to see you, they don't give it to you. Because honey, they don't want to. They don't want to. No. Because they aren't a priority in your life like or they aren't you aren't a priority in their life like they are in yours. Yeah. You've created a person in your mind that they could be and you've made that person a priority. But unfortunately the priority that you're making isn't the person that's in front of you. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's the person that you want them to be. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So anytime somebody lets you down and they make an excuse and they say they're busy or they say they can't because of X, Y, and Z Mm -hmm. or as long as within reason. So for example, you and a friend were supposed to go get lunch and then she says she can't because something crazy like uh i don't know i gotta do laundry then she didn't want to get lunch with you yeah because who wants to get laundry over sushi yeah the answer is she didn't want to so remember in those situations that it's not that they really were too busy to make the intention of spending time with you and connecting with you it's that they really just didn't want to Mm -hmm. and start to see them for who they really are Mm -hmm. because just because they make other people a priority and they treat those other people well doesn't mean they're going to treat you well. Right. Yeah. So go find your people.
1: Yeah, for sure. And when you have... that, When you people make emotional deposits and when they can't do something and then you guys can... T- that gray space can be created. But when people consistently... <laughs> consistently... Um, show you patterns of... Who they are. I think... What we don't like to talk about is that we romanticize people's potential. I know I do. Oh, 100%. (laughs) I romanticize what you've shown me you could be, Mm -hmm. and I fall in love with that. Mm -hmm. And then I get mad, or I used to. Not anymore. I'm healing.
0: (laughs) We're healing. Healing, Um, not healed. Not healing, Healing.
1: (laughs) Um, I used to get really mad at... Like, why aren't you doing this? You said you would. Mm-hmm. You said that you were going to do all these things, or you know. And I, I stopped. I hung that up mm-hmm. after a while because it. Um, the thing about it is, like you said, I think it's one of the best, most simplest, not over-dramatized things you could ever tell someone. Is that like, people prioritize what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's as simple as that. If they wanted to, they would. Yep. Um. If they wanted to make effort, they would make effort. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and so I think a lot of times we disregard when people say things because as givers or as fixers, you're like, oh, okay, like maybe I'm reading it wrong. But the fifth time someone doesn't make the effort, it's important to remind yourself of that. And I think that's really wise advice, mm-hmm. really wise. Yep. Because then you can really sift through quality over quantity and realize that it's okay to have two people that make intentional effort rather than have 25 people and make you wonder mm-hmm. why you're not feeling the same energy reciprocated.
0: I will say, I've cut my friend group down a lot, mm-hmm. and I have two friends that are intentional back to me, mm-hmm. Two. It is you and one other person. Mm-hmm. Her name is Michaela. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never felt more filled. Mm-hmm. in my entire life than I do now. Mm-hmm. And I see those people I used to hang out with, and I still love them, and yeah. I still care for them. They yeah. just, they weren't equipped to handle what I needed out of a friendship. Yeah. It doesn't make them bad people. It just means that I wasn't their people. Mm-hmm. And so I can attest to the fact of having more friends doesn't mean you have good friends. Yeah.
1: And it kind of dives even into, like, the seasonal piece. It's like sometimes people just aren't a good fit for you anymore. Yeah. Not because they're trying to be malice or you are. It's just no. like... You can't be what each other needs, yeah. and it's better to not fall in love with who they could be or who, even who they used to be mm-hmm. <laughs> rather, yes. than, rather than be like, well, you used to be intentional with me. Well, that was before. That was five years ago. Mm-hmm. No, we're not.
0: That's, so yeah.
1: if the people wanted to, <laughs> they would, and it's just not, you have to hold on to it. So I tell people all the time, we don't have to make it dramatized. Just if you wanted to, you would. Yeah. Um, I love that. It's one of my absolute favorites ever. Um. Okay, my number two. No one is coming to save you. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, it's one of my absolute favorites. Yes. Um, I think it's really, really important. Uh, to remind yourself that no one is coming to save you from yourself. Gotta get Nala.
0: Gotta get Nala. She's about to bark. <laughs>
1: But no one is coming to save you from situations you've put yourself in, um, things that you've fallen into, those types of things. And I think sometimes we hold out for a savior um, in the flesh. We hold out for people to come and make things a happy ending for us. (laughs) But in reality, you're in control of your own happy ending. You know, you're in control. Your whole life... The thing is your whole life can change in a year and six months and nine months. Um, and so no one's coming to save you. And I think a lot of times now we almost feel entitled that the world owes us something. Um, but it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. No. And um, so no one is coming to save you. And I have to tell myself that. Um, I say that to myself a lot. It's like, you know, you got yourself into this one, Garner. You get yourself out. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's coming to save you from this one. So, um, being self-reliant and being able to not saying I'm not saying ultra independent because that can be a trauma default. Hashtag trauma kid. I do it, <laughs> um, but it is important to be self-reliant and to realize, take accountability for your actions. Mm-hmm. Take accountability for your uh, inability to self-regulate. <coughs> heal go to therapy Mm -hmm. no one's coming to save you from your demons or your trauma or your things so you can either use it as a crutch or you can heal Mm -hmm. yeah
0: I love that one too because it applies to so much more than Uh, just your Mm -hmm. emotional crap Mm -hmm. it applies to like your own personal holding your personal affairs Mm -hmm. like you can't wait for someone to do everything for you
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and I think that's always been one of my favorite things about myself is I've never needed anyone. It's one of my favorite things about you too. Oh, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> but I I also think that in the fact of relationships, especially for like men that meet me, yeah, it's intimidating. Yeah, that they know that I'm never going to need them. Mm-hmm. But in my point of view, the fact that I don't need you but still want to talk to you, me should mean more. Mm-hmm. Should mean a lot more. Than it does. It should mean that even though I don't have to use you, I still want to be around you. Mm-hmm. And that should be more assuring than the fact that literally do everything for me. I don't know how to run a car. Mm-hmm. You know, that should feel better. And it will, to the right one. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I've always loved the no one's coming to save you. And That's something my parents both taught me. My dad... From a young age, you wouldn't, it would snow. I used to drive a sports car in high school because, you know, my parents are, they have a good judge of character. Mm-hmm. But um, my dad, whenever it snowed the first time, when I was a senior and I was driving everywhere, mm-hmm. made me go out in my car and go as fast as I could get it to go, slam on the brakes. It fishtailed. He said, get out of it. Mm-hmm. We could have easily died. <laughs> but he wanted to put me in that situation where, one, he could fix it if need be because he was right there but two, so that I would never have to rely on somebody else to fix it for me. Mm-hmm. He wanted me to trust myself and trust my instincts and go with my gut because there was no foreword of what was going to happen. He didn't warn me. He said, let's just go figure out how to drive in the snow in your car. little Monte Carlo. I had to carry a jug of water around to keep the radiator mm-hmm. from burning up, but <laughs> I just, I always remember that lesson because it taught me so much in the moment. One, trust your instincts. You're usually right. Whatever your gut is telling you is correct. Yeah. To. You can't wait for your your white knight to come fix the problem for you. You got to be prepared to fix it before it even happens. Yeah. And,
1: and yeah, it's yeah. definitely always been one of my one of my favorites. Um, and I think sometimes we think people will make it better, but in reality, um, until you heal from what you're going through, until you learn how to navigate your life, the only thing you're gonna do is add a passenger. Yeah. To. <laughs> To the craziness, yeah. of your life, buckle um, up. And it kind of reminds me of like learning to swim in the '90s. Like, you know, um, my dad it was either my dad or my uncle—but learning to swim was mm-hmm. throwing you in the middle of the pool. <laughs> I don't know that that was your experience, but I said, oh, yep. "I don't know how to swim." Well, you're gonna learn today. Throw me in the middle of the pool, and I was like, "I'm gonna drown." They're like, "Nope, if you really want it, you'll get out." is that probably not great general practice (laughs) but it's true you know if you want it you know um and so it kind of reminds me of 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 that like no one's coming and I remember him actually saying that to me like no one's coming in to get you yeah kick your feet (laughs) kick your
0: arms use what you
1: have to get out yeah
0: you know I do think the whole idea of the uncertainty of no, not knowing whether they are going to fix it for you is what yeah. helped you, though. Like yeah. teaching you that lesson, like you can't mm. just assume that we're going to save you, even though in the in the time they probably would have. Yeah, yeah, you know, for yeah. Sure, yeah. They would have jumped in and kept you from drowning. Yeah, but absolutely. The fact that you didn't know, and my dad was dead quiet. He said, "Get out of it." Deadpan. Yeah. And same, mm. I'm sure for him. If you want to get out, you will. Right. And it taught me so much about self reliance mm. and. Faith in myself, which <laughs> Nala loves it, Chelsea. <laughs> I
1: know. Like. She's
0: mm-hmm. giving you her fresh breath. she's mm-hmm. ate her food, so ah, thank she smells you like for fish. That. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> that. But um yeah, just the, the fact that it teaches you so much. Yeah. So much. It does. And I love it. Great. Our crazy parents. <clears throat> Slush man Yeah. People in our lives. <laughs> Your third one, what is it? My third one is, I'm going to say it first. Their emergency is not your emergency. Ooh. Yes. That's so. true. If there's people that expect you to jump at every beck and call. Mm-hmm. They, because more than likely you've done it in the past. Mm-hmm. Because they have a problem that they need fixed, and you're the fixer. So guess who they're going to come to? Yeah. The fixer. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, that saying reminds me of the song, You Broke Me First, mm-hmm. the new one that's out. I can't remember who it's by. can't either. Yeah, Tate McRae. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that yeah. one, yes. Mm-hmm. So it reminds me of that because there's the one lyric in there. Um, it's like you called me because, like, you needed a problem fixed and you knew I would do it. It's, bas- it's not those exact words, mm-hmm. but it's that gist. And for so long, I was that person. Yeah. But the minute someone would be me, I would drop everything I was doing mm-hmm. to fix it for them me because too. give it to me. I'll fix it. Yeah, me too. And there came a point in my life, I can't remember exactly when it was, when <laughs> the first time I said no. And I felt so guilty. It's like an ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yep. Just because I said no and I set a boundary and said, this. I haven't heard from you in months and you want me to fix this problem for you.
1: Absolutely. Like,
0: why would I? Yeah. And I felt guilty because obviously the person got mad because I wasn't who I was always to right. them. Yeah. Just someone there sitting on the back burner ready to fix their problems. And I, something happened where mm-hmm. like I was upset and crying about it because that's just mm-hmm. what, you know, we do as fixers. We cry. Yeah. And in the middle of it, something nudged me and was like, what the hell are you doing? Mm -hmm. You're crying over a person who could care less what you're doing right now because they're trying to find someone else to fix their problem. Why are you upset Mm -hmm. over the fact that you couldn't fix their own mistake? Right. They need to own their shit. Mm -hmm. And that was the moment when I first thought just because they had an emergency doesn't mean it had to be mine. Yep. I don't have to adopt their emergency as my own. Mm -mm. Their emergency and my house isn't on fire. You know, I mean, obviously, if someone's house is on fire, I'm going to yeah, get them out I if I can, but, that, yeah. but my affairs are in order. Mm-hmm. I own up for my mistakes when so my affairs aren't in order. I look in the mirror and say, okay, you did it. Let's fix it. I don't accept other people's help in my situations. Mm-hmm. And one of, like, a most recent situation that made me think about this one and actually say this to a patient was she was on the phone... During an appointment, um, someone in her family had called her and was just ripping her a new one about something that had happened and was a misunderstanding and outside of this person's control. And she had said, (laughs) she had said, I'm at a doctor's appointment and I heard on the other line clear as day because this person was not being quiet. I don't give a beep where you are. And I just saw the look on her face and she started to worry, and she wanted to fix it, and she wanted to solve the problem. Get out of there quickly. Yeah. Yeah, so She wanted an with you. Yeah, she wanted to speed it up. Yeah. And so I looked at her when she hung up. I said, I want you to take a deep breath. Let it out. I said, I'm going to say this to you once, and I want you to listen. Yeah. Their emergency is not your emergency. hmm I was like, something that can't be fixed right now. I was like, can it be fixed right now? She said, no. It's like, then what's the big deal? Yeah. If you can't fix it right now... Then don't worry about it. Is it going to matter in five years? She said, no. Like, then don't worry about it. Their emergency is not your emergency. And I tell myself that all the time with patients. If a patient hasn't come in for a while and all of a sudden they call and they want to be seen on, like, they can only be seen on Fridays. I don't work Fridays anymore. They're like, but I'm hurting really bad. Okay, cool. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm here Monday through Thursday. You can come any of those times. We will squeeze you in. Right. Or if they message me privately or they have my phone number and they text me at like nine o'clock on a Saturday, I just don't reply anymore because right. I have to remind myself there are office hours for a reason. Yeah. If it is a true emergency, they have something called an emergency room Yeah. for these situations. And so their emergency is not my emergency. Mm-hmm. I have to set boundaries so that I'm a better doctor on the days that I'm there to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. If I don't, I'm tapped out and I start to resent the fact that I'm a doctor well you could hurt someone yeah and
1: you cut into time with your daughter exactly you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like in 20 years no one's gonna remember how much you worked the only one that's gonna remember how much you worked is your kids
0: exactly messed up with them exactly it's not worth it to me no no Mm -mm. so your emergency is not my emergency
1: amen to that yeah i like that one um alright I have I said three I have like two that are tied in (laughs) alright so the third one third and fourth people don't necessarily dislike you they dislike your light that shines a light on their darkness Mm mhm basically saying that you do you stir up something in their soul like I remember asking my mom asking my mom one time my mom is like anyone that knows me knows like that's that's my A1 Mm-hmm. And I asked her one time, I was like, Mama, like, why don't they like me? What did I do? Like, I don't understand. And my mom would always say, it's not the fact that they don't like you. It's the fact that your light bothers them, you know? And you your light that you have inside of you, your ability to love people openly, your ability to be a safe space... Your ability, different giftings that you've been given, irritates their
0: spirit. The way my mom used to say it is: "Your strengths highlight their weaknesses." Yeah, that basically yep. the same thing. We have the same moms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so
1: she would say, "You can't," and there's, and then she added in, "There's absolutely nothing you can do to change that." No, you could bend over backwards. Mm-hmm. You could drop a, a sweater and a puddle for them to step over. It does not matter they are never gonna like you because your spirit irritates something inside of them and there's nothing you can do about that and when i started realizing that and realizing that the way people act really has so much more to do a what they've been through b what they haven't healed from than it ever had to do with me it really changed my perspective on people and i was like oh this isn't a me thing that's a you thing Mm -hmm. so like you can have that back <laughs> i don't that doesn't i no. don't receive that yes you least. know i don't receive that yeah. that's a you thing mm-hmm. um and i hope you heal and that really pisses people off because i've said that a lot to people like i hope you heal you know because i don't receive that um you know and to really dislike someone just because you really have no reason or just their spirit annoys you um, there's something inside of you that's irritated by their spirit, mm-hmm. and I've been that person too. Like, I'm humble enough to say, like, there's people that have bothered me, and you couldn't figure out why, and I couldn't figure out why. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, and during my healing journey, I remember going, "Damn, I'm jealous of them." Mm-hmm. But you
0: named it, you <laughs> but acknowledged you name it, it, and you mm-hmm. heal from and it. So I've been on, yeah. bo- I've
1: been on both sides and realized, like, mm-hmm. oh, like you're just <laughs> jealous because they're. You know, they're happy in this season of life or whatever it is. And then like my mom would always say, like, there's nothing you can do. There's absolutely nothing you can do. And you know, back in the day my mom used to say, she's just jealous of you. (laughs) Yeah, mom, that's not what it is. Yeah. But now it's more like, I understand what mom was trying to say. Yeah. But um yeah, that's a big thing because I I used to really bother the snot out of me why I irritated. But apparently high vibrational people do that. Um, Those types of things that used to really, really bother me. And I used to think, and I would would dim myself. I would dim the light that was inside of me to make people feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. around me. And I'm not talking about, people always assume like, oh, you mean like your loudness. Or like, you mean like, no, I've never. (laughs) I am Mm -hmm. not a very quiet, very introverted person. I am not the gal in the middle of a crowd talking. I'm very quiet. What I mean is who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And my abilities and my giftings, I would dim those down and not use those because I was like, oh, I don't want to seem like I'm being boastful.
0: I would or, adopt their weaknesses. Yes. And to mm-hmm. relate to them just for the fa- the fact that I wanted to conquer that relationship. I, I wanted, I wanted that, to win them. I wanted that like.
1: Mm-hmm. I wanted that mm-hmm. win. So I was yeah. like, oh, okay, we can just trauma bond. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I
0: don't have that. So, I, yeah. I, yeah. the amount of times i became a gossipy bitch in high school because i wanted that person to like me i wanted that group of people to accept me right and now i'm just like why right (laughs) it's cringy for me it's oh it's so i I look at people who i hung out with sometimes and i'm just like katie the ones Mm -hmm. that you left to hang out with these people yeah (laughs) those were the real ones
1: yeah you know. well, there's no one that I relate to less than 2008 Chelsea.
0: Oh my gosh don't even get me started on 2008 Katie <laughs> no. other than her <laughs> eyeliner was on point <laughs> there's no one that I relate to less
1: uh, maybe 2010 Chelsea but yes there is yeah, no 2010 Katie was a bitch yeah, so. <laughs> there is no one I relate less to um, but then, anyway I want to
0: hug her and say you'll get there Yeah, you'll get there. You
1: yeah, need some therapy baby okay um, and then the, the last one I had to add this on it, cause I think this is so important because I really want to shout at people all the time and I'm going to have to I'm going to have to cuss but read the fucking room yes that is something that bothers me to my core people who do not have the ability and I understand that like, you have to learn but the ability to read a room realize like When not to push something over the limit, when to see that people are, like, hurting Mm -hmm. or, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's important. Like, I think it's something that everybody should strive for is to learn how to read the room. Yeah. People don't do it. And I'm just like, why would you say that? Yeah. Why would you do that? (laughs) Read the room. I know, I swear. It bothers me to my absolute core. My
0: big thing about not reading the room is I feel like the person is so absorbed in themselves. I guess. That they can't even think about the word empathy. For I don't one. Get it, man. Two, they can't take basic <laughs> body language context to understand what's going on. But I understand people that use humor as a crutch. I get it. That's different. But using humor to bring highlight to yourself versus highlight to the thing that needs to be addressed is disgusting. hmm Yeah. Yeah.
1: I just, it just, I, I, that is something, if I could gift the world, I would gift people with the ability to read their own. Yeah. Cause I can't tell you how many times I have been like that wasn't unnecessary no. to say that or no. to like it, or how many times I've texted someone after a party or been like, hey, you good And they're like, no, I'm not. I'm just like I know I could feel it. and I understand that there's people, other people have giftings and stuff like that but the stuff that people say in social settings, or just the, the cruelty that people have sometimes in public I just am like yeah I don't know just the yeah. ability to read the room if there's something you can do for yourself for your friends, for the people you care about have the ability to read at least part of the room maybe not the whole house but like just part of the house read the room just read the corner read the in. corner that you're in yeah. look around you look at your audience
0: yeah
1: you know and I understand like some people just don't have that but I just it's important it's it's, it's important advice yeah. to know how to how to read a room
0: I feel like it's basic humanity but <sighs> <Yeah>. I mean <laughs> I don't I
1: don't know, it, I, don't know either. I feel like we lose it we're losing it more every year though yeah it's something that I've noticed the last couple months I'm just like wow like you 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 guys don't care about anybody.
0: It's gotten worse. 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 And I'm you can blame it on COVID all you want, but I think COVID was just the excuse COVID. people used to just show who they really are. Right. At least we aren't masking as good people anymore. <laughs> right. We're just showing everyone our, our tortured, unhealed souls. Right. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's just it, it's it's. Just, I'm just like you guys. We've got to learn a little bit of empathy here, okay? <laughs> At some point in time, more than one person can fit on the door. Put yourself in their <laughs> shoes, children. It's just I, I don't know, man. It just really bothers me. And if you don't have something nice to say, shut up. Don't say it to the person you've spoken to once in your entire yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> I I swear. You're right. I I know. Like, yeah, let me make a joke about someone I've spoken to once.
0: I know. Or or let
1: me, you know,
0: people.
1: I don't know. It's just the inability to be kind. So I just think it's important to learn how to read the room.
0: There's a a button on our sound machine that says booing, and I'm tempted to push it. (laughs) Boo. Boo.
1: (laughs) Tomatoes, tomatoes. Seriously, I think it's. I don't know. Do you have an extra one that you've thought about?
0: I don't. I do not. I did do two really heavy push workouts this morning fasted, so that was stupid. Yeah. But um, that's my lesson for the day. That's my last one I've learned. Eat before you work out. Don't. Yeah, I would throw up. You can do fasted walking. That's yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Don't do a fasted failure workout of both a push and a pull day because you can only work out four days this week. Don't do it. Yeah. Learn from my mistakes. I've acted. I'm on an endorphin high still, just because my body was just like, "Hey, we got nothing to dilute these, so we're just going to throw them everywhere." Right. And I'm pretty sure half my patients thought I was high. <laughs> but I was a lot of fun today. I will nice. tell you that much. <laughs> nice. Love that for them. Yeah.
1: It must be why a lot of people tagged you in posts today.
0: I mean, yeah, I got called a snack by a couple patients. You did. I saw that. And I'm okay with it. They were all females. Yeah. That's well, okay. we don't.
1: I don't live for the male gaze. Me neither. I live
0: for other I live, hot women
1: to tell me I look exactly, hot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I
0: swear. And those two ladies that told me that, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" From you, I swear. Yeah, exactly. It's like I got to get out of this building, guys. Stop. I don't, yeah, I
1: don't live for the male gaze. No. I live for the for the female. Gaze. I live
0: for my gaze. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I want to look a dead booty. <laughs> exactly. But in all honesty, like, just girl power. I loved it. It was fun. It was a fun day. Even though I, I'm still, my face is still hot. Like I just left the gym, because I'm still recovering. You look great. Well, thank you. It's a natural blush. I'll call it that. Rosacea for the win. Goodness, do you have any more little tidbits of wisdom? I don't think so. I just think it's been, like
1: I think. I think I will end with what Maya Angelou always said: when "You know better, you do better." So. Yeah. Yeah. When you when you learn something new, just try to be a better human. I'm trying to be a better human. I am not immune to that. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think that we need to be, we need to try harder to be better humans.
0: And I will say therapy has never been more readily available. <laughs> I will tell you that part. Yeah. So. And insurance pays for it most of the time. And if not, budget, make it worth it. Because mm-hmm. I tell you, therapy is life-changing.
1: Yeah. So I think it's important. I just think that once you learn to do better, do better. Be better. Be better, work hard, and realizing all of those things. But yeah, I mean, there's just important and good wisdom.
0: Yep, we're dropping the knowledge bombs today, my (laughs) friends. All right, well, without further ado, my sign-off. Nala, you got anything to say?
1: she's eating her foot
0: no no she's got no opinions she says you said enough ladies (laughs) but anyway stay classy my friends stay sassy and as always stay feral we love you love you